Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The decades-long drought is over down under. Ash Barty becomes the first local to win an Australian Open singles title in 44 years. But Barty had to battle. You won't believe her great escape from double breakdown to seal the deal. Plus, the Aussie spirit was in full force on the doubles court as Nick Kyrgios and Tanasi Kokonakis came good against their mates. And last summer, New York, Daniil Medvedev derailed Novak Djokovic's shot at a record-setting 21st major title. Tonight, he faces the same challenge against Rafa Nadal in Melbourne. All those stories and much, much more on this Australian Open edition of Tennis Channel Live. trophies to hand out it is the final day of the australian open welcome to tc live presented by geico our pregame show to get you ready for all the action every day down under and we've got history on the line tonight as the barty party continues to rage but first in the men's final rafael nadal going for a record-breaking 21st major title against daniel medvedev the russian looking for his second straight grand slam so will it be the old guard or the next gen. Come on in to our studios. Great to have you here with us. Steve Weissman, Hall of Famer Martina Navratilova, Hall of Famer Lindsay Davenport from 60 Minutes in Sports Illustrated, John Wertheim. Are we ready for tonight? Rafa Medvedev. Yeah. Yes. I'm a, little, I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous. But um, we'll see. I mean, uh, to have all these ma- massive Grand Slam finals, history seems to be on the line each and every slam. Uh, to see Rafa back into a final, everything he's gone through, I, I don't think anyone thought he could or would get to 21 in Australia. Maybe Paris after yeah. he played a few months, but his road has been sensational. I'm just not sure how he's going to stop Medvedev. He, yeah, he needed a little more help, I think. He got some help on the way, but uh, Medvedev has just such great defense. He moves so well for the tall guy, has the reach of an octopus, kind of plays like it too, <laughs> just makes the shots when he has to, and he's got 10 years of youth, uh, but still enough experience. It's going to be a rough road for Rafa, I think. I feel like sometimes we just we make these remarks and we don't – I mean, 10 years on an opponent, 21 majors possible for Rafa with three more sets. You know, I, I think the casual fan will see this and say, hey, one of the big threes in a final and, and Rafa will probably win. And I think the hardcore tennis fans know that, first of all, six weeks ago we didn't even know if Rafa was going to play right. in this event. And we also say, look, Medvedev won the previous major. It was on a similar surface. He was a finalist last year. Oh, yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. So, I mean, I think let's hope it's a, a healthy match. It would be great if it were not defined by injury. Interesting to see, though, what kind of physical state both of them pull up in. All right, we will have a full preview and predictions of the men's final coming up on TC Live. But first, 
We had some history in the women's final as well. Ash Barty looking to break a four-decade drought for Aussies in their home slam, Martina. But Danielle Collins had lots of confidence coming in. The one and only break point Danielle Collins had in that set was at, was at two all. She lost her serve right away after that. And Ash needed, that was the only break she needed. She was really dictating from her baseline, playing pretty free tennis nerve-wise. Uh, and and uh, when she puts this first set away, you think she would even relax more. But Daniel Collins had other ideas. She really handled herself well in that second, started going for her shots more. Meantime, Barty's slice just didn't seem to bother her anymore. And Daniel goes up two breaks as she's fired up, but can't put it away at 5-3-30 up on her serve. Uh, and, and Ash comes back. Starts looking for the forehand a lot more. Her, her, she, she went away from the slice, hit over the backhand, but she was really looking for the for the forehand. And in the tiebreak, it's almost easier to win it in such a long stretch. So even that forehand, she pushed a little bit. She was nervous in that second set, but she was still able to make it happen when it mattered. As Daniel was at the net more than Ash, but she's not that great there. And Ash puts it away with a passing shot. And look at that scream of relief. That reaction says it all. The drought is over. An Aussie hero is a champion at home. It's Ash Barty. Let's hear from both, starting with Collins. Unfortunately, it didn't go my way, but I did everything I could, and, and that's all you can do at the end of the day. So it was a great event for me. Um, accomplished some new things, learned a lot of new things, and... Um, you know, certainly have some areas to improve, which is which is a good thing. And uh, yeah, played against a, a great competitor tonight, and it was a fun battle. When that last cross court winner happened, and you yelled, describe what that particular moment was really like. Yeah, it was a little bit um, surreal. I think I, I didn't quite know what what to do or, or what to feel, and I think just being able to to let out a little bit of emotion, um, which is a little bit unusual for me, and I think being able to, to celebrate with, with everyone who was there in the crowd, the energy was was incredible tonight, and I think being able to, to understand how much work my team and I have done behind the scenes and, and over the last few years to get to this point, to be able to have this opportunity was really special, and I think it just kind of all came out at once, and um, yeah, a really, really special moment. Barty, first player to win the Australian Open without dropping a set since Serena in 2017. Ten aces, 30 winners. They both had 22 unforced errors, but 13 more winners for Ash Barty in this match. The serve was going well. Also joined Serena as the only active women's players to win majors on all three surfaces. Lindsay, as you were watching this final, what was the difference to you? Oh, the Barty forehand, it came up huge for her. She served a great match as well, but just when her game started to go off, she was able to pick it back up with the forehand. Collins did a remarkable job early in that second of really turning the tide, of getting that momentum. And, Steve, she had so many chances to really capitalize and, and try and win that second set, and it didn't happen for her. It's funny, we've been talking about that biting slice for, uh, for the last two weeks, and it was really the forehand that bailed her out. Again, that serve, 10 aces, was just a nice sat to put up in a straight set match. But I think just so much of this, and we'll talk about it more, so much of this was just meeting the moment in the nerves because uh, this, was not, this was on Andy Murray going to Wimbledon and Federer in, in the draw. I mean, this was the number one seed. She's top of the draw. She's won two other majors, and there was a sense of 
it's her time, and if it's not, it's going to be on her. That's a much different situation than we've seen sometimes in the yeah, past. I think you felt the, the sigh of relief or mm-hmm. scream of relief when she won rather than the joy. She's quick to smile off the court, but she, in years past, when she won the majors, she's like, oh, okay, I'm happy. But she didn't really let, let it out. Yesterday, she let it out because I think she was just so relieved. There had to be so much pressure on her. The whole country was... On pins and needles, as you yeah. say. And they were behind her. She loved that yeah. energy. What were some key moments for you, Lindsay? Well, the second set, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was doing this a few minutes ago. But Danielle Collins got up to a 5-1 lead. It got to 30-all. Three different times, she was two points away from winning that second set. Had some opportunities. 5-1 down. Barty relaxed a little bit, started swinging out. But it was the 5-3 game. That was absolutely monster for Collins. Got a second opportunity to serve for the set. Was up 30 love, and that's exactly when her first serve deserted her, and her second serve got shorter and slower. And Barty was able to take advantage with a couple of great returns. But this is exactly when you want to play your best, and Collins tightened up a bit in the moment. Almost had it returning at 6-5 up, but Barty came up with a couple of huge serves and got herself out of trouble. Collins was dealing with a pretty tough crowd the whole night. Never really became an issue. Asked once if they were being a little loud, but really handled it beautifully. But as Martina said, it, it seemed more of relief for Barty. You have different emotions when you win majors. Sometimes you can't believe it. I think we got that from Barty at Wimbledon when she was overcome with that emotion. It seemed here that she was, I did it. I'm so excited. This is off my shoulders and and I can celebrate um, but it was a different type of reaction from Ash than we've seen before and to have her family her parents her some of her friends with her they weren't there in Paris they that, weren't there in exactly London. that was the greatest quote she thanked her parents for being able to come down and watch her play <laughs> <laughs> they, they hadn't seen her as you said they weren't in Paris they were not in Wimbledon last year really and she's very tight with her sisters as well yes. everybody right. was there that part of the night was absolutely wonderful and, John, when you think about it, I mean, Ash Barty, that serve, was broken one time the entire tournament, broken twice in that second set, and yet was still able to come back. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, a lot of that hinged on the tiebreak, and she gave herself a lot of margin with her strokes. She also gave herself a lot of margin on the scoreboard. I mean, she was dropping fewer than two games a set on average. One break to serve, as you say, Steve, in six matches. She gets to a tiebreak, you have a sense that she hadn't been, you know, she hadn't played a tiebreak this entire tournament. And here she is with, with Collins, and she gives herself that scoreboard cushion. She won the first four points with some nifty shot making. Even in this rally, I mean, you can see a little tight from Barty, but here now she's got a lot of court. Probably should have put that away, but then a nice overhead 4-0. Got it to 5-1. Players win matches by winning 55% of the points. It's a good straight set win. When you win, go up 5-1, and you've won 80-plus percent of the points in the first six of the tiebreak. You give yourself a nice cushion, and that was she was able to ride out. Able to do that. And then we saw the reaction after. Then we also saw the first person that she went to after, Casey Delacqua, her former doubles partner. They had been to the finals of every major. And, and what do you think about this, Martina? That was, uh, that's when I started losing it. I mean, uh, Casey is <laughs> the one that made Ash play again. So, okay, take your time, but let's go hit. And, and then she hit with her, and, and the rest is history. So thank you, Casey Delacqua, for bringing Ash mm-hmm. Ben back into the sport. Yeah, Barty has a very tight-knit team, and it's not that big, right? She's got her fiancé, she's got her coach, she's got her fitness trainer, she's got her longtime agent, Alicia Mollick, the Fed Cup captain, mm-hmm. but also Casey Delacqua, who does not travel on tour. They are very tight. That was a really cute moment because Ash pointed to her and like, yeah. made her come across, <laughs> even though she was working the sideline. Uh, it was wonderful because you, you know – 
Barty knows exactly who helped her get back into the sport when she was struggling and when she was at her lowest. And she's so quick to be so grateful mm -hmm. to all of them. Just to be clear, you said, I mean, she was there, Casey Delacqua, as one of the, the courtside interviewers. Yeah. So it wasn't as though this was like running up to the box. It was just serendipity that the player who was her doubles partner, I mean, they, they reached the final of this event when Ash Barty was 17 years old. So Casey Delacqua, who was much older, was a mentor figure. As you say, Martina, it was Casey Delacqua who essentially lured her back into tennis. It was just... That wasn't planned. I mean, no. That was just, just no. positioning serendipity, and she caught her in her sight of vision and said, you, so the first person she uh, is able to celebrate with is the person that lured her back into tennis. You know, as, as far as the match again, uh, when you get nervous, it's hard to think. And Ash, even though she got nervous, she still was able to problem solve and figure out a different strategy. When the backhand slice wasn't paying off as much as usually does, she went to the hard one. And then when she started missing, she's like, you know, I'm just going to hit forehands and turn the match around that way. So, it, you know, I know when I got nervous, I couldn't think. I'm like, ah, everything was a problem. She really figured it out. You got nervous? I mean, yeah, 18. We all got nervous. 18 grand slams. <laughs> so I really applaud her for that from tennis perspective. It was an amazing work of, of changing strategies. Yeah. Yes, and another special moment after the match when Ash found out that Yvonne Gulagong was going to be giving her the trophy. You see... All these Aussie legends here, the Rocket himself and Judy Dalton and Chris O'Neill, the last one to win an Australian Open title on the women's side. This is a special photo. It was a special night. You also had Kathy Freeman, the, the great runner that was uh, the star of the 2000 Olympics. It was, it was huge. You know, Tennis Australia set out a list of all the famous people who were going to be there watching, and Yvonne Gulligan was not on that list. And we were talking about it yesterday, where if she went, she has to be giving her yeah. the trophy. They surprised Ash with it. Wonderful moment when Todd Woodbridge announced Yvonne Gulligan coming out, and it was overwhelming for Ash Barty, who paid homage to Yvonne last year at Wimbledon. Um, everything was just amazing last night. I think Tennis Australia also did a great job of planning for it. The country obviously supporting Ash um, and really giving a lot of props to her for being just a wonderful champion. We, we often talk to when we hear Ash Barty speak, it's always a collective, right? I'm sure we'll, mm -hmm. it's, it's always the we, but also she sees herself as part of this Australian tennis lineage. So it was very right. on brand. I'm sure she was much more comfortable posing alongside Yvonne and alongside Rod Laver than out there by herself. So uh, that was a lovely moment from last night. I mean, listen, she could not stop smiling when she found out that Yvonne was there to give her that trophy. That history. That was Australian history in that photo. And uh, let's not forget Judy Dalton mm -hmm. on, the, on the tour. Original her nine. Her nickname was All Fruit. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and she was the original nine that started the Virginia Slims tour. So that was a lot of Aussie history. And, and the Aussie stuff, I think, really good at break, bringing the generations together. Speaking of Old Fruit, we've got an old photo uh, that we've been showing you about Ash Barty. <laughs> this is how it Can't started. <laughs> Little Ash with the trophy, and, and this is how it's going. Where's with that old Dunlop? Where's that old Dunlop? That could be sold for a lot of money. Oh, that's so cute. How old was she? I was thinking that's 2002, so she would have been like six. Oh, but uh, not, not dissimilar. We were talking about it, Lindsay. She, she was uh, sort of jokingly, but she was, oh, did you have to get that photo out? She said to the local TV, but you know what? You keep winning majors and you produce a photo that cute, you're begging for us to use it. <laughs> a champion from the jump. Congratulations to Ash Barty on winning the 2022 Australian Open. Much more still to get to here on TC Live. We break down the men's final. What Rafa must do to reign supreme and take the all-time men's major title lead. TC Live at the Australian Open is presented by... Geico. 
Switch today and see all the ways you could save. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Let's go indeed. Tennis Express head-to-head between Rafa Nadal and Daniil Medvedev. 3-1 to the Spaniard. Their second meeting in a major final. Rafa took that one five sets in New York. So will it be 21 or will it be number two? Medvedev well aware of what's on the line for Rafa. It's not me going for the 21st. It's not me trying, you know, to break these records. I'm going for my second one. <laughs> uh, I'm still far from all this, uh, all these things. I can maybe compete with other guys who have one, but uh, I won't even name them all. I don't know who has maybe two or one. Um, so I'm just, you know, trying to focus on myself, doing my job. Of course, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not blind. I know what what's happening. I know what Rafa is going for. I knew what Novak was going for. I'm not going to say, oh yeah, I don't. I even try not to to listen about this. But it's kind of their thing, you know. It's not mine, and uh, I'm just uh, there to try to win uh, the final. He's there to stop it, and he stopped Djokovic from getting to 21 at the U.S. Open. Can he do it to Rafa here? We'll see. Uh, Martina, we mentioned they played one time in a major final. It was at the U.S. Open 2019. Rafa raced out to a two-sets lead and then got a break in the third, and Medvedev came roaring back, had a lot of opportunities, even in that fifth set. I remember watching that match thinking, oh, this is over. And then next thing you know, Medvedev just didn't give up, kept coming back and coming back. It's an unbelievable shot there to, to take it into the fifth set. And Rafa was on his back heels, but he just dug in and uh, gave you everything you had. But still, it, Rafa himself, after the match, said, this is the luckiest match that maybe I did in, in five sets. Ends up winning the whole tournament. This was a post-final. But, uh, yeah, this is three years ago, two and a half years ago. Medvedev is a better player now. Rafa is two years older. Age is not his friend. And he's going to, I think if it goes five, he loses this match. So hmm. if he was to win this, he needs to do it in three or four sets. I think for him, the fine balance will be to look for the forehand, but not too much. Because if he goes too much into the forehand, onto the backhand side, he leaves too much space for Medvedev to hit there. At the same time, he needs to hit forehands to get on the offensive, but he needs to kind of redline it a little bit. Usually people have to redline it against him. It's the other way around. First two sets, Rafa, six matches, 12-0, and 3-3 and in the third set. He's obviously survived all those, but there has been a, a little bit of a hiccup. And I, I, I think you're totally right. I mean, we watched that highlight. It was 30 months ago, so not, you know, we, we recognize those guys. It wasn't ancient, but... Medvedev's a major champion now. He's reached the final of this event last year. He's a much different player, the higher seed. I'm not sure how much predictive value we can take from a U.S. Open 30 months ago when Medvedev was sort of a just lucky-to-be-here finalist. 
Yeah, it, it'll be interesting, too. I mean, we talk so much about Rafa, his age, everything he's gone through. What does he have physically if it gets into the late in the fourth and, and the fifth? It seemed like he was managing his return games against Berrettini. Berrettini was up 30-love. Rafa kind of, okay, just missed two returns and went to the next game. We're not used to seeing that from Rafa. And there's going to be a lot of quick service games for Medvedev. He's such an effective and efficient server. Can Rafa get into enough return games to really challenge Medvedev, throw him off at all? If Medvedev's holding comfortably the whole way through, it'd be a very tough challenge for Rafa. He's had a couple of long matches now. Five-setter with Shapo, four-setter with Berrettini. Let's see what he's got left in the tank. I think it's an interesting point about those return games. I mean, at one point, Berrettini, I think, went to 24 straight service points. Um, Medvedev serving as well as anyone. I don't know if that's something, you know, when you're in your late 30s, you're 30, 35, 36 years old, is that something you do on those return games down 30 love? Physically speaking, everything is going against Rafa. Number one, he uses more energy to hit every shot. Number two, he looks more for the forehand, so he runs more. He doesn't hold his service games nearly as easily as that. And he's got 10 years on him, not in a good way. So, really, physically, this could be the most demanding match for Rafa in a long, long time, if not ever, because of those discrepancies. Medvedev doesn't run around his back end. He's, right. He's, he's forehands and back end, so he's much more efficient that way. Tactically, for Daniil Medvedev, John, what does he need to execute most to win this match? Well, if he keeps dialing in that serve. I mean, he, he lost two points on serve in the first set. That's a nice way to set yourself up. I think a lot of this, too, is just about, you know, he he's, knows what Nadal's bringing. He's played left-handers. I think some of this, what we're seeing here, some of this is just managing the moment. And he actually played better after some of those outbursts the other night. I'm not sure that's going to play with Nadal. The fan's going to be pro-Nadal. Nadal obviously has, has history on side. I think some of this is going to be managing the moment. And I also think, you know, the guy won the previous major, but last year at the final against Novak... That was not one of his better matches. Here's, here you can see an uh, interesting role. I mean, this has certainly played a higher caliber of opponent and a much wider diversity of opponents, starting with that second rounder than, than Rafa got. Uh, it, he's also had a, a physical battle. I mean, that Oje Aliassime, he said afterwards he was in the locker room telling his coach, I do not know how I'm going to recover from this. And, and sure enough, he was able to and got through that semifinal in four sets. The serve, it's so easy, and he's so relaxed when he steps up to the line. He can hit any location. That's going to be huge for Medvedev in this matchup. Mm -hmm. I wonder what Rafa's tactics are. We saw in that U.S. Open final, because Medvedev was standing so far back, Rafa went to the serve and volley a couple of times to shorten points. I think we'll probably see that from Rafa as well. So we talk about ways to make it a little less physically demanding for Rafa. That's one strategy he could definitely use. Um, and another, because Medvedev is a little further behind the baseline, adapt that backhand slice rather than hitting forehand right to Medvedev, hit a little short one into the court. Again, running Medvedev on the diagonal, if she can manage that. We always talk about that Rafa forehand and how high it bounces. Medvedev, six foot six. Yeah. I mean, that's his strike zone, right? And that's yeah. right into the backhand as well that he likes yeah. to kind of hit. And he moves so well. He moves like, well, dare I say, a cat out there. <laughs> he just kind of glides around. Large the, cat. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> that's you the angle. cat. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But it's, it's you, you called it. The U.S. Open final from 2019, much different ball game right now for both these two. Um, but when you have played in and won 20, I think he's, this is 29th Grand Slam final? Yes, yeah. You're Six ready in to Australia. Go. Yeah, you're, he'll be okay. He'll be ready, Rafa. Does he still have the aura when he steps on the court that could affect like a game or two on Medvedev? On the surface. Yeah, and, and coming off a Grand Slam win, I, I don't think so. Medvedev's yeah. going to be ready for the crowd. I don't think he's going to 
pulled those antics right. against Rafa. I think he's buttoned up, yep. quiet, puts his head down, and really just focuses on the tennis. I think so. And, and if he does, we'll have a Shafo moment where he's like, Daniil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's work this out at the net. <laughs> Come over here, young man. Come here, son. Uh, all right, it's a good one. Can't wait to wrap it up for you tomorrow on TC Live, but still to come. An atmosphere unlike any you have seen for a doubles final. How the special K's kept it rocking and rolling to a title. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Martina, Lindsay, John, Steve, back on TC Live, presented by Geico. How about the all-Aussie final in doubles? The wild cards, Kyrgios Kakanakis bringing a wild atmosphere against Matthew Emden and Max Purcell, John. Keep in mind, as the Australian website cleverly put it, the after party. So, uh, crowd already in leather, and uh, here come our kooky all-Aussie doubles final. That obviously is Kyrgios and Kakanakis in the far court. They win the first set with one break of serve. This was pretty much what we expected. A little bit more subdued than previous matches. The opponents were A, fellow Aussies, B, unseated. There's, uh, look at that, Kokonakis, get me away from that curious guy. I want my own glory. Not really. Um, This wasn't always the neatest doubles. That volley probably should have been put away, but that goes wide, setting setting up a break point. This was just Fun stuff, fun match. 17 winners to one unforced error, if you can believe it. Those are our fun double stats, and here we go. All right, they get the break. 5-3, it's their second break of the match. It falls on Curious to serve it out, and they rehearse this one a little better. They had the old chest bump. First wild cards to win in the open era. First Aussies to win since the Woodies. Mark Wood for Todd Woodbridge. Back in 1997 in Australia, special moment for Nick Kyrgios and Tanasi Kokonakis. Let's hear from him. I would say that we've created probably the best atmosphere that this tournament's ever seen. Um, to be brutally honest with you, um, Ash's father came to us and said the crowd was the best he's ever seen. And obviously, Ash is a hell of a player, but I think. The ratings speak for themselves. People watch my matches every ma- everywhere I play around the world. The stadiums are full for what, for that reason. So I don't think those people that are screaming out four points are produced from us. That's not nothing to do with us, to be honest. Um, but there's a reason why the the ratings are the way they are, and people are glued to the TV when we play. So um, speaks for itself, really. For the eternity of time, you will say Nick Kyrgios Grand Slam champion, Martina. Hashtag narcissist. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, I want him to do so well. After when they won the second round, he said, we're, we're here to win the whole thing. And kudos to you. Muhammad Ali, like, you know, you back it up. Great. But then really, Ash is a really good player. She's number one, and she just won the Australian Open singles, and you try to compare yourself because tennis ratings, et cetera, et cetera. But... Well done. I don't want to criticize, but I am criticizing. But anyway, well done. The guys played great, and they did bring amazing energy to the doubles. (laughs) 
Yeah, so. we saw Kokonakis do so well, and Adelaide in singles yeah. didn't play well mm -hmm. here at the Australian Open. He is beloved, and he has yeah. been through a lot, and um, you could tell it was emotional for him to get through that. It's another story. We talk about it so often with Krejcikova and Sinyakova, how they played in the juniors. These two as well, winning Wimbledon juniors titles. I mean, it's crazy, and then you, you could never forecast that when you're in the juniors. You always hope to be a pro, but if you're standing next to your friend holding that same trophy from the pro tour, uh, it's pretty special. It doesn't always happen, so so really, congratulations to those two who have really kept a nice relationship going this last decade or so. They're friends, they're contemporaries, they came up together, but this was sort of a surprise title. You know why? Why? Control room. Oh, yes! Worth right. that of the day. There's the music. <laughs> Roll the tunes. They're not their first time yes. playing together or playing in this event. Look at this. I mean, this was not a necessarily successful team. They may have gotten boffo ratings. I'm not sure where that came from. I agree with you, Martina. But they were 1-4 heading into this event. What did they do? They beat four seeds, and then they beat fellow Aussies in the final to win this. I think a lot of us are saying to ourselves, it started as a joke, and now I think it's sort of serious. Is this Nick Curios? Is this his career path? I mean, we sort of did. Here they are. Uh, that's I an love old one. That. 2013. That so good. Look at this guy. Yeah. They had a uh, they had a chest bump there too. I was told, but uh, no. I mean these these two, as you say, Lindsay. I mean they've come up together. They wanted as friends. I think the context of their careers, right? They're in their mid 20s. Kokonakis has had injuries. Finally won a singles title a few weeks ago. Curios is Curios. <laughs> Kokonakis, I love it when Curious speaks, by the way, just yeah. as, a, as a sidebar, sort of like, yeah, yeah. what he said. Um, <laughs> love him as a doubles partner. I'm not sure he's my ideal debate partner. But, no, I, I think big picture, a lot of us are saying, is this a path for Nick Curios? He won his major. He has a teammate. He gets the crowd into it. He can do all sorts of crazy shots, and he doesn't have to worry about it all falling on him. Is this, is this a solution for this great tennis enigma? What do you think, Lindsay? Oh, well, they, they asked him, right, if he was going to play, and he was very noncommittal to yeah. play in the other majors. As a joke, he said, I'm going to stay in bed till the Australian Open, Australian summer yeah, next year. So a joke? We'll, <laughs> well, he might need to qualify because his ranking is yeah. 20 or something, so he, he's not going to be getting wild cards. So, uh, yeah, he needs to really figure out if he wants to keep playing because with the singles ranking going down, he's not going to split doubles, obviously. I think Tanasi said, uh, I guess I'm going to have to find a new party yeah. until the ATP finals. He wants to go to the ATP oh, finals. Oh, okay. so. I think he needs to play more than one tournament. Though. Well, they got 2,000 <laughs> points. They're, they're leading the way right now in the doubles. All right, here's what we have for you. The men's final coming up later tonight, early morning, 3.30 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. We've got the Encore at 1 p.m. tomorrow on Tennis Channel. And the four of us, back to wrap it all up, 5 Eastern tomorrow on TC Live. TC Live at the Australian Open is brought to you in part by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And new customers can bet $1 and win $100 if any point is won. Plus, all customers can play for thousands every day in DraftKings free-to-play pools. Use code ACE. And buy Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. All right, next week on Tennis Channel and TC Plus beginning Monday, January 31st. We roll on every week. We are with you on the tennis calendar, Montpellier and Pune for the ATP Tour. Looking forward to that. All right, this is what's at stake tonight. 20-20-20. Roger had his chance for 21 at Wimbledon. Didn't get it done. Novak had his shot at 21 at the U.S. Open. Uh-uh. Rafa gets his first opportunity 
to hit blackjack in Melbourne tonight against Daniil Medvedev. Does he get it done, Martina? You can ask Lulu if you'd like. <laughs> what does the old wise prognosticator say? <laughs> I, I, I am pulling for Rafa, needless to say, but I just don't, I don't see it. I don't know. Uh, things have to go really his way, and again, he has to do it in three or four sets. Two out of three, I'd say, yeah, he's in there with a really good shot. Three out of five, tables have turned, right? That's what we always said about people playing Rafa. So I, I'm, I'm hoping Rafa, but I'm thinking Daniel Medvedev. The, the heart's for Rafa. The mind is with Medvedev right now. What do you think, Lindsay? Couldn't agree more with Martina. <laughs> we are like this together. <laughs> uh, I agree. I think... Um, Everybody, I, just like at the U.S. Open, wanted to see Novak get to that special number, get the calendar year slam. Now it's Rafa's turn. I love seeing history made. I love seeing Ash Barty win it and everyone celebrate that. I just don't think it's going to happen against Medvedev and how well he's been playing on a hard court lately. He's been the best hard court player. Yeah. He's into the final again. What say you, John? I think we're updating that graphic. I'm, okay. I'm feeling Rafa. I mean, I think, look, when, when Medvedev won the U.S. Open, Djokovic was spent. I mean, he just had nothing. I think Rafa's got something. I think Rafa has really sort of risen to the occasion. Not just, hey, I'm playing better than I expected. I think Rafa gets it. I mean, he'll sandbag this, and I don't play for history, and I don't care about the oh, stat. Yeah, 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 yeah. He knows what's at stake. <laughs> he knows that the French Open's coming. I think Rafa sees a big, big opportunity, and I think Rafa, at his best, has looked terrific. Can he do it for three sets? Also, it's not just the 21. It's the calendars, I mean, the slant double, double yeah. which Getting he only two. gets once every four times. He will probably never be in the finals again here, probably. Yeah. He will be in the finals at the French again to get for, for 21. So it's kind of, that one is a different pressure. But again, history, it's yep. hard to make. Steve, where yep. are you going? I'm going with my okay, heart. We're I'm going with my heart. I'm <laughs> going with my heart. Going for Nadal here. Get, get to 21. Uh, you can see the encore right here on Tennis Channel tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. And the four of us are back to wrap it all up for you at 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow on TC Live. Well, what a moment for Ash Barty. What a moment for Australia. After nearly a half century, a local hero wins at home. The Barty Party rages on in Melbourne as Ash Barty ignites a nation and wins her first Australian Open title.